0: Bibles, if you would, to Genesis chapter 44. Genesis chapter 44. Before we get into the message, I I want to make a, or not make, I guess, give a commercial. You don't come to church to watch commercials, but you you get one this morning. Um, No, seriously, I'd like to take a minute and explain why we uh, here at Grace Baptist Church host a ladies' conference every year. Um, uh, some of you ladies, uh, some of you folks are new to our church and, um, you know, when we started doing this, uh, one of the reasons we, we have started doing this is because um, there are ladies' conferences around the, the, um, the region, but for our ladies to go to one, it was such a long travel, uh, and then hotel rooms and just everything involved in it. Uh, it was just a very, very expensive and not very convenient. So we decided, um, that to take some of the burden off of our ladies for traveling that we would host it ourselves. And, um, uh, that's one of the reasons. Uh, another reason is uh, our mission statement. Uh, if you go to our website, we have a mission statement right on the front page of our website. It reads this. It's, uh, it says, <clears throat> loving God, growing together, and serving others. That is, that is a simplified version of our, of our mission statement. We, and I believe <clears throat> that that should be the heartbeat of our church, Loving God, growing together and serving others. In the context of the ladies' conference, if our emphasis is to encourage ladies at the conference to love God, then they will grow in their walk with the Lord. It's really it's really pretty simple. If we can emphasize loving God, then the byproduct of that is to grow in their walk with the Lord, which also then produces another byproduct, hopefully, and that is to love others. So not only is that the heartbeat of the mission or the, the ladies' conference, but it is also hopefully the heartbeat of our church. So, everything that we do here at Grace Baptist Church, we try and always keep our mission statement in the forefront of our thinking loving God, growing together, and loving others, or excuse me, serving others. Our church has. uh been encouraging ladies uh my I think this is a correct account a correct count but I believe that we have uh seven different churches that uh the ladies come to our conference uh which is an encouragement last year we had uh I about 70 give or take a couple uh ladies involved and this year uh the numbers are such that they're actually anticipating more than that is that right Um, So, uh, the the goal is not to grow and to impress people how many ladies come. The goal is to love God, grow together, and serve others. And we believe that as we do that, then uh, the natural consequence of that is that it'll grow, and more ladies will be influenced, and hopefully... Others, more people will see the love of God through it all. So that's why we do it. And if you haven't registered, ladies, let me encourage you to do so. Um, uh, it 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 helps. The sooner everybody registers, the the um, the, the the steering committee uh, has a better idea of how to plan moving forward, uh, especially with the potential numbers this year. Uh, planning uh, the logistics and everything is is going to be challenging if we get you know more than what we had last year. So uh, just just uh, if you haven't registered, please do so uh, as soon as possible. <clears throat> so that the commercial it was free. Um, so uh, <clears throat> one of the greatest things that God gives us. Is the ability to have relationships. Now, we all have relationships, and they they vary from uh, husbands and wives to friends to you know close friends to not so close friends to I mean it, it varies. Okay, relationships are an incredible thing, <clears throat> but uh, God gives us the the ability to have relationships. Now, one of the uh, Things that a, a, a relationship can do uh, is bring be a source of amazing joy and comfort. Can 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 that not be one of the byproducts of a of a relationship? Uh, a, absolutely. But on the flip side of the coin, a relationship can be a source of amazing pain and hurt. And we've all been there. Uh, There's not a person in this room who has not experienced the joy and comfort of a relationship. But there's, everyone in this room has experienced the pain and the hurt of a relationship as well. We've all been there. We've all experienced disappointment, mistrust, and even betrayal. Haven't we? Yeah. Honestly, as I, as I look around the room, I can see in people's eyes that I'm, I'm hitting a nerve. Because we've all been there. And it could be this morning, as I was praying and and really struggling with, I I shouldn't say struggling, as I was praying and working through uh, the message this morning, the Lord put this thought into my mind that it, it could be this morning that there is someone here who is hurting down deep inside and nobody else knows about it. It's, it's very possible that someone here that 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 this message is specifically for you. But the reality is we all need this message because the only way to ease the pain is through forgiveness. We must learn, how to forgive. And one of the things that I hear often in when I help try to help people through the pain of a hurt relationship is a statement similar to this, but pastor, you don't have any idea what this person did to me. And the, and the reality is I, I don't but I do know that God gives us a formula on how to ease the pain. And it starts with forgiveness. The title of my message is this, The Pathway to Forgiveness. The Pathway to Forgiveness. If there was ever a person that was... Disappointed, betrayed, lied about, you fill in the blanks. It would be Joseph that we've been studying. If there was anyone, humanly speaking, that had the right to carry a grudge, it would be Joseph. Humanly speaking, if you were to take the life of Joseph and kind of boil it down into one sentence, it would read something like this, I believe, Joseph was betrayed by his family, but trusted God's plan for his life. Jeremiah chapter 29 and verse 11 says, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not evil, to give an expected end. And, you know, here in, in Jeremiah, God is telling us, Hey, look, you know what? The thoughts that I think toward you are good. They're not evil. Now, evil may happen to you, but he has a plan for our lives. He has a plan for our lives. Now, Chris, do you have that slide? Those of you that have been following along with this study of Joseph, I was was doing a a weekly timeline of Joseph's life. I stopped doing it about three or four weeks ago because it was just getting too crowded, and the font is so small most people can't read it anyway, so I just quit doing it. (laughs) How many can read it? Okay, well, okay, wow, well, okay. Well, I had people complain. I can't read it. So I just quit doing it. Anyway, it, it, it just, there's, there's not enough room anyway. I was hoping to be able to get it all in there. Anyway, so I just quit doing it. But my point is this. <clears throat> this is just part of the way through the life of Joseph. It starts with when he was sold into slavery and it ends with Genesis chapter 50 and verse 20. <clears throat> now, I want to... Um, I, I want to take a minute and I, I want to look at this because, because he, a, mo- a moment ago I said if, if there was anyone who had the, 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 the human right to <clears throat> to carry a grudge, it would be Joseph because of everything that was, was done to him. <clears throat> Joseph uh, uh, had a lot of disappointments in his life. Now, one of the things I didn't do in this timeline, and it was on purpose because I knew it was going to be too big. um, One of the things I didn't do was add everything that happened to Joseph prior to being sold into slavery. Um, Joseph Joseph was hated by his brothers. And we've talked about this many times, so I'm not going to dwell on it, but uh, because of some dreams that God gave Joseph and the fact that his father loved him more than his uh, other 11 brothers, uh, and he he showed his love for him uh, by giving him a coat of many colors. And because of this, his brothers absolutely despised him but none of that was joseph's fault but they hated him anyway and and one of the things i want to throw this out here one of the things that i have found oftentimes in relationships that kind of kind of get damaged is misunderstandings of things that happen to us beyond our control oftentimes we are hurt and and the 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 hurt is real, but oftentimes it's over things that are taken out of context or misunderstandings. The story of Joseph is an amazing one. You know, he's sold into slavery. Um, he's hated by his family. Um, he he's he he's sold to a guy named Potiphar, and. Uh, <clears throat> Uh, he works hard and he makes something for himself uh, in Potiphar's house, but then he's betrayed by his employer's wife and lied about. And because of that, he's thrown into prison. And and you know I'm just giving you a synopsis here. But while he was in prison, he had a uh, the divine intervention took place, and he he actually gets an audience with the pharaoh. And because he's able to interpret a dream and plus show leadership uh, in this meeting with Pharaoh, Pharaoh then makes him um, the second, second in charge of all Egypt. I mean, so he goes literally from slave to prime minister in a matter of a few years. He actually goes from prison to prime minister in a, few, in, in a matter of a few minutes. And we look at this story and we say, wow, what a what a story. But at all this time, all this time, from the time he was a young man where his brothers hated him, Joseph carried down deep inside of him a burden, a broken heart. And as he's sold into slavery and then he's, thrown into prison, and all of these things happen to this guy, do you think that burden gets lighter? No. What do you think happens? The burden gets heavier. And the opportunity to be bitter gets stronger every day. But Joseph never gets bitter. This morning, I want to look at this pathway that Joseph used for forgiveness. Before I continue, I want to say this. We are not going to finish this message this morning, okay? This is a two-parter, okay? (laughs) There, there, There was just no way I could give it all to you this morning. Um, I'm hoping I can finish it next week. But if we, as we look at the life of Joseph, Joseph gives us the pathway to forgiveness, the pathway to ease that heavy burden that so many of us carry. So, <clears throat> before we actually get into the heart of the message. I need to kind of fill in some blanks here because last week we ended in chapter 43. <clears throat> and chapter 44, I want to I give you the Rick Lynn version of chapter 44, okay? Because we're, we're going to hit the end of chapter 44 and go right into chapter 45. Um, so <clears throat> Joseph's brothers, uh, where we ended last week, they sat down and they had a meal with Joseph but they still didn't know who he was. So in chapter 44, Joseph loads their their sacks with grain again, and he instructs his steward to take his silver cup, Joseph's silver cup, and put it in Benjamin's sack. Okay? Now, After the last time, I've always thought, why didn't they check their sacks again? You you know, because of the money, the money money thing. Anyway, um, that's that's just a weird thought of mine. Um, They fill their sacks. The steward takes Joseph's silver cup, sticks it in Benjamin's sack, and off they go. And Joseph waits a little while, and he says, okay, steward, Go get them and find the quote unquote stolen cup. So they overtake them. They search their sacks according to age. They start with the oldest and they go all the way down to Benjamin. As soon as they open Benjamin's sacks, they find the silver cup. And the steward then threatens to enslave Benjamin because he stole the cup all via Joseph's instructions. So they bring him back to the city. And as they get back to the city, they are fearful because the steward has threatened to enslave Benjamin. And what what was the thing that their father did not want Benjamin to go in the first place? They, he was afraid he wouldn't return. So here, the idea that Benjamin would be now the slave in Egypt scared the brothers to death. And Ju- Judah steps up again. Last week we saw Judah speak up again. But this week again, Ju- Judah uh, pleads with Joseph to enslave him and let Benjamin go. Let's start reading in chapter 44 in verse 31. It shall come to pass when he seeth that the lad is not with us, that he will die, talking about their father, uh, and thy servants shall bring down the gray, hair, the gray hairs of thy servant, our father, with sorrow to the grave. For they, excuse me, for thy servant uh, became surety for the lad unto my father, saying, If I bring him not unto thee, then I shall bear the blame to my father forever. Now therefore I pray thee, let thy servant abide instead of the lad and a bondman uh, to my Lord and let the lad go up with his brethren. Then how shall I go up to my father and the lad be not with me lest peradventure I see the evil that shall come on my father. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for your love and for the work you do in our lives. And Lord, as we look at this very, very important subject this morning of <clears throat> excuse me, of forgiveness, we ask that you would help us. Help us, dear God, to see the, the clear pathway that you have given us through the life of Joseph so that we can experience the joy of forgiveness. Help us, dear God, to love you with all our hearts. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. The most precious thing in life are relationships. And we must learn how to guard them. This last week, I I don't do this very often, but I happen to, to... Turn on the news for a few minutes. I wanted to find out what was happening in Kentucky with all the flooding and everything going on in Kentucky. And as I, I, I turned on the news, I, I <clears throat> they were interviewing a man who uh was they were talking and, and 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 he said something to the this is not a direct quote, but it's close. Basically what he said was, look, we law lo- everything. Every possession we had, we lost. Everything is gone. Everything is gone, except my family. And then he said this. He said, and that's all that matters. Now, how many of you would agree with that? All of us would. The most precious thing we have are our relationships. It's not the stuff that surrounds us. Jesus really drills down on the the priorities of relationships uh, when he gives us the two greatest commandments. Jesus, in 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 a simple statement, gives us the two greatest commandments. In Matthew chapter 22, verses 37 to 40, Jesus said unto him, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang the law and the prophets. Now, before I go on, let me, let me kind of take a little, a, a little side trip here. The title of my message is The Pathway to Forgiveness. Now, this is the pathway that Joseph took. But let me say this. Joseph was only able to do this because of the power of God in his life. He was not able to do this in, his, in himself. And I believe with all my heart that the, the only way that we can follow this pathway of forgiveness in our lives is when we are empowered with the, with the power of God. Because we in ourselves cannot do these things. Our lives revolve around relationships. That's why it's important we get it right. Let me say this the more intimate a relationship, the deeper the hurt. Am I right? Absolutely. How many of you have ever been hurt by someone very close to you and, and and the first thought you have is, how could they do that? The more intimate a relationship, the more hurt is caused. Jesus goes on in another passage, and he he talks about the importance of forgiveness in the Lord's Prayer. Well, we call it the Lord's Prayer. It's, but in Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 to 15, says, after this manner, therefore pray ye, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done <clears throat> in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and for give our debts as we forgive our debtors lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever amen for if we forgive men their trespasses your father your excuse me your heavenly father will also forgive you but if ye forgive not men's trespasses neither will your father Forgive your trespasses. This was an important subject that Jesus talked about often. Forgiveness. In the Lord's Prayer, two times, two times at the very end that we just read, but back there it says, forgive our debts uh, as we forgive our debtors. Twice in the Lord's Prayer, Jesus addresses forgiveness. Forgiveness. It's an important part of us being able to move forward in our, in, our, in our lives. Because when we don't forgive, what does it do? It acts as an anchor and it drags us down. Point number one this, 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 this morning, the method of forgiveness. The method of forgiveness. Look at verse 1 of chapter 45. After after the the plea of Judah, hey, let me be the slave and and send Benjamin home. Because if Benjamin doesn't return home, my dad is going to die. It's that simple. Judah pleads not only for the life of Benjamin, but for the life of his father. And it so moves Joseph. Look at verse one. It says, then Joseph could not refrain himself before them that stood by him. And he cried, cause every man to go out uh, from me. Uh, And there stood no man with him while Joseph made himself known unto his brothers. Joseph was so moved by, by Judah's plea, he could not hold it in any longer. And he started to cry. The pathway to forgiveness, <clears throat> the method of forgiveness. Now, now the, I, I'm going to give you two two points under this. The first one is keep things private. Keep things private. Our tendency when we are hurt. Is to lash out, is it not? That's what we, that's what we want to do. We there's a saying that I've I've heard many times and and I, I believe it to be so. But it, it's this: hurting people hurt people. And and when we are hurt, when a, you know we we see it. Have you ever tried to stop and help a, a, a an animal that's been hit by a car? or injured in some way. What do do they do? They want to attack you when you're trying to help them. And and the reality is we are no different. When we are hurt, we want to hurt everybody else. That's the tendency. But what does Joseph do here? Joseph doesn't Call and say, hey, my uh, steward, I want you to, to round up as many people as you can to hear the announcement I'm about to make. No, what does he do? He says, no, everybody leave. I need to be alone with my brothers. Everybody leave. It is, it is a private matter. And because we live in the, in the era of social media, don't do it. Don't do it. It is so easy. I've seen it over and over and over. Somebody gets hurt, and the first thing they do is they run to a, one of the social media platforms, and they start pouring out their, their their hurt and their anger to the world. That's the worst thing in the world we can do. And let me say this. Those of you that have done this, veiled social media post and you know what i'm talking about those of you that do these they hurt too and they accomplish nothing except hurt keep it private proverbs chapter 18 verse 8 the words of a talebearer are as wounds and they go down into the uttermost parts of the belly. I, 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 this verse describes so much what hurt does to an individual. When we hurt other people, what does it do? It, it. Do you not feel sick? Going public only makes a bad situation worse. It makes it harder to apologize. It makes it harder to mend broken fences when people go public. Joseph kept it private. Although Joseph was wronged publicly, he still kept it private. Proverbs chapter 25 verse 11. A word fitly spoken, is like apples of gold and pitchers of silver. One of my favorite verses in all the, in all the scriptures. I love this verse because it is a constant reminder to me that I need to pick every word carefully because I can be a blessing to someone, but the understood truth to this is I can be a hurt to someone just as easily. A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold and pitchers of silver. The flip side of that is a word not fitly spoken can hurt and destroy. We need to be so careful. So careful. Number one, keep things private. The second method of forgiveness is to be honest and open. Now, let's read what he says in verse 2 through 4. And he wept aloud, and the Egyptians and the house of Pharaoh heard. And Joseph said to his, his brethren, I am Joseph, doth my father yet live? And his brethren could not answer him, for they were troubled at his presence. And Joseph said unto his brethren, Come near to me, I pray you. And they came near, and he said, I am Joseph, your brother, whom ye sold into slavery, or or, or sold into Egypt. Joseph was honest. He was open and he was honest. Now, I want to I make a, a, a distinction here. Joseph very clearly told them, hey, you're the ones that sold me into slavery. He simply told the truth. And when dealing with Broken relationships, difficult situations, it is no different. We need to be honest. But I want to go back and I want to. Can you put Proverbs 25, verse 11, back up? Thank you. A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold and pitchers of silver. We can be honest and still be hateful, can we not? Joseph was not hateful in this. Joseph was trying to help his brothers understand who he was and what they had done. Joseph wasn't ugly about it. He was honest without anger. And as we try oftentimes to to fix broken relationships in our lives because of the hurt in our lives and and the anger that can can happen. We, hey, pastor told me to be honest. Be careful with that. Be careful with it. Romans chapter 12, verses 17 and 18, recompense no man evil for evil we could stop right here say amen and go home we have no right to 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 recompense or cre- to to cause evil in another man's life just because they were evil to us don't do it even though you want to <laughs> don't do it Recompense no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. If it it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. Nothing is gained when we lash out. Nothing. Honesty is absolutely critical, but honesty with the wrong heart attitude is hurtful we we must we must be honest but we must do it in love we must and point number 2 First, we saw the method of forgiveness. Now we're going to see the action of forgiveness. The action of forgiveness. If you know the Lord this morning, if you've been saved, you've asked Christ into your heart and life, then you have experienced the action of forgiveness. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7, In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sin according to the riches of his grace. God forgave us. Unconditional love. When he had every right to condemn every one of us. But the grace of God is forgiveness in action. And that is the kind of lives that we need to live. And that is exactly the kind of life that Joseph lived. Letter A, under the action of forgiveness. Trust that God can work it out. Trust that God can work it out. Look at verse 5. <clears throat> now therefore, be not grieved nor angry with yourselves. How? Okay, let's stop right there. How could Joseph say that? Joseph could say that because there was no anger in him. He, he had let all that go. Now therefore, be not grieved nor angry with yourselves that ye sold me thither. For God did send me before you to preserve life. For these two years hath famine been in the land and there are uh, five years in the which uh, there shall neither be uh, uh, earring nor harvest. <clears throat> and God sent me before you to preserve you as pros- pros- posterity, excuse me. Boy, my tongue just did not want to work on that word. Um, uh, in the earth and save your lives by a uh, great deliverance. So now it was not you, that sent me thither, but God, and He hath made me a father to Pharaoh, and the Lord of all His house, and a ruler throughout all the land of Egypt. And 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 my point here is, you know what? We need to understand that God is in control. That is the first the, the first step in it. We Joseph understood. Hey, did Joseph enjoy his life? Probably not a whole lot. Just since he'd been prime minister, maybe. But before that, it was miserable. And I'm sure there were many times Joseph questioned what God was doing in his life. But he did not hold on to the bitterness and the anger because he knew God was in control. But pastor, you don't understand what is going on in my life. You know what? If I were alive when Joseph was alive and Joseph was in my church, he could say the same thing to me. You don't understand, I did nothing wrong. And it wasn't until later When he became prime minister, when Joseph put all the pieces of the puzzle together, and he was able to say definitively, God did this for a good reason. And then we don't understand the hurt, and we don't understand why people do what they do. We don't understand it. But I do know this God is in control. And as, as long as we remember that, it helps us put things in perspective. Look at verse 5 again. Now, therefore, be not grave nor angry with yourselves that you sold me thither. For God did send me. God sent me. You know, if you had not sold, let, let me put it to you this way. I believe what Joseph is saying here is, if you had not sold me into Egypt, God would have gotten me here another way. That's what he's saying. You you were just the avenue that God used to get me where he ultimately wanted me. Now, honestly, honestly, think about this. If you're saved this morning, hopefully your desire is to be where god ultimately wants you to be is that shouldn't that be the desire of every born again believer then we have to trust that he knows what he's doing that he is in control and he will bring people into our lives And he will bring people out of our lives. And sometimes those people are going to hurt us. And quite honestly, if you are honest with yourself, we hurt other people as well. We're all guilty of it. So then why do we get so mad when somebody hurts us? Because the reality is we've hurt other people too. And we need to understand that God is the one who's in control. The action of forgiveness is first off trusting that God can work it all out. Please understand, please, please understand. I am in no way, no way trying to diminish what Joseph went through in his life. I am, I'm not trying to do that. And I am not trying in any way, shape, or form to diminish the hurt and the anger or, or the anguish that you have experienced in your life. I'm not trying to diminish that in any way because I know it hurts. I've been there. The hurt can run deep. But we're talking about the pathway to peace and joy. And that is through forgiveness we must learn to forgive. And as we're going to see here, Joseph forgives his brothers. But personally, I don't believe near the end of, at, by the end of the book of Genesis that all his brothers totally got it. See, forgiveness is something we do. It's not dependent on the other person. It's dependent on us. Our peace is dependent on our relationship with God. We can forgive. We have to forgive. And part of that is trusting that God is in control. Romans chapter 8 and verse 28 And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God to them that are called according to his purpose now one of the worst things you can do when you know somebody is going through a really really hard time let's quote this verse to them (laughs) okay okay you don't want to hear it okay what what you need to do if you know somebody is going through a hard time is to just love them through it okay but it doesn't change the truth of this verse. For we know all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are called according to his purpose. Now, there's a very important word in this, in this verse. and What is that word? The word is all. And we know all things what does the word all encompass okay let me give you a greek lesson here okay this is this is good i know rick back here likes to get into the greek and learn learn this now <clears throat> the greek word for all here are you ready for this it means all okay that's deep So in English, what does the word "all" mean? All does does the good things and the bad things is is that in, in, encapsulated in the word "all"? Exactly. And oftentimes when. We know people that are going through hard times will quote, we'll it oh, it's okay, all things work together. No, 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 don't do that. It's just, it's, it, you know, the, the point is this, <clears throat> all things do work together for good to them that love God and are called to, according to his purpose. All things, the good things and the bad things. But it's up to us to understand God is in control. And he's the one that is going to work all those bad things out to be good things. As I think of this verse, I often think of Solomon. Solomon is is unquestionably one of the wisest men that has ever lived uh, short of Jesus Christ himself. But at the end of his life Solomon wrote the book of Ecclesiastes and Ecclesiastes is kind of a culmination I guess you could say of all his wisdom through the years and Solomon in Ecclesiastes chapter 3 wrote this and and to me this encapsulates the word all Uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 1 and following it says uh, to everything there is a season and to every purpose under this under the heaven a time to get and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to cast away, a time to rent and a time to sow, a time to keep silent and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time to hate, a time of war and a time of peace. All things. For every for every good thing that Solomon says, there's a negative thing. And. What Solomon is saying here is you know there's time for war and there's time for peace. There's time that we go through seasons in our lives. And we need and we need to recognize the working of God in our lives. We need to. If we are going to make it on the pathway to forgiveness, we are going to have to realize that God is in control, that God's working it all out in his way. I've got to stop here. I told you it was going to be a two-parter. Next week, we're going to pick up here. But I want you to think about the fact that our relationships can be a source of great joy and comfort, but also a source of amazing pain and hurt. How do we get there? How how can we live a joyful life like Joseph did? It starts with the method of forgiveness. And the action of forgiveness. As we look at the life of Joseph, we can can see how his relationships, uh, his relationship, excuse me, with his brothers, he ended up having a sweetheart and a joyful life. How could he do that after going through so much pain and so much hurt? Well, come back next week. And you'll get part B. Dear Lord, thank you for this day. And Lord, I want to thank you for this day and for your love. For the work you do in our lives. And Lord, I I do ask that you would speak to our hearts because everything that we talked about this morning cannot be done in our own power. We need you. Help us, dear God, to be more like you in everything that we say and do. with every